Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton from the Chris and Sandy Show, and today we're doing our State of the Music Business um, podcast, where we bring on executives from the business side of music. Because as you know, we interview a lot of up-and-coming artists, and, but again, they're on the artist side. You don't really hear from the business side of music, because that's a whole other thing, and whether you're an artist or whether you're just someone looking in, the business side is always interesting, I mean, and... We've had guests from Joe Kelly to Jill Pavel come on. I tell you, Jill Pavel, a couple of weeks ago, she told us some things. Woo, she was strong. But anyway, we've got a really great guest today. we got Mary Elliott from Splice Media Group, really awesome gal who's – I'm looking forward to hearing about the CRS just recently because next year we're planning on going. So I'm definitely looking forward to hearing about that. But anyway, Mary, are you here? I am. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and yourself? Oh, pretty good for a, a Wednesday, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> hump day, huh? <laughs> I was going to say that, but <laughs> uh, not, not, <laughs> not too bad for hump day. <laughs> yeah, we've had several guests on here over the year, over the years, over the weeks. And I wish it was years, but you know, over the weeks. Um, but um, they've got like Jill. She really laid it in on some of her beliefs, and I mean, she was strong. And that's really what we want to create a place where executives. And are you on speakerphone? Yeah, I'm. Should I turn it off? Yeah, because it's echoing. Okay. <laughs> I meant Just to better? tell you, that, 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 yeah, that's usually a thing that we much better that we discuss right before and. You weren't echoing then, so I was like, okay, she's good. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and what your business is, and what do you do? Well, <clears throat> I guess I could, um, you know, give you the um, abbreviated version of <laughs> I have always wanted to be a photojournalist. I just never knew how to mm. make that happen, and it kind of – yeah fell out of the sky, I guess you could say. I was taking yeah. a college course, and one of the things that we needed to do was write a resume and cover letter to a job that we are interested in. Whether or not we literally applied for it was up to us. Well, I literally applied to be a concert photographer, and I got it. And right. so oh, wow. for about 10 months, I was covering concerts. Well, I didn't like his business ethics, and I thought, hmm, I wonder if I can do this. So <laughs> I launched one day, had my first gig the next day. Um, it was so easy. I couldn't believe how easy it was to make it happen. And it just has spiraled out of control. Um, what I do with the magazine is we go to concerts, we um, photograph them and we review them and post the pictures on our website and social media accounts, things like that, and promote the band. And None of that is a, is a paid thing or they're kind of like a passion project. Mm -hmm. So I thought, oh, I need to make some money. I can't just do this. <laughs> so That's where we're at. I, um, right. Uh, so I started Splice Media Group and brought the magazine under that umbrella. And I thought, okay, I'm going to be a artist manager, a publicist, and a booking agent. I don't know mm -hmm. how I'm going to make these things happen. I didn't go to school for this. But I thought, whatever, you know, yeah, I guess you'll you'll learn through you know, hands-on experience. So it's just starting. I'm starting to find, you know, a lot of um, potential clients and it should be ruled out. I would imagine in the next six months fully. Um, 
And we cover, one of the good things about Splice is we cover all genres. So, you know, anything from gospel all the way up to rap, <laughs> uh, anything <laughs> in between. So, um, yeah, that's that's the rundown on how Splice came about and our future, I guess you could say. So what did the, how did the name come about, Splice? Where did that come from? It's funny, I just told this story for the first time in months <laughs> just the other day. Um, my best friend and I started this together, and mm-hmm. she um, was going through a divorce, and she was moving out of her house into another place, and I was there helping her. And she's sitting on her kitchen floor trying to figure out how to deal with a dishwasher. And you know how those little mm-hmm. plastic caps that are like red or white or yellow with electrical stuff? I don't even know what they're yeah. called. And, you know, when I was going through names, trying to figure it out, I was coming up with things like fusion and harmony and things that bring things together. Uh, and then it just it popped uh, in my head, splice. So, oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And, and I love the accidental business people. I really yes, love that. That's me. You know? <laughs> I'm a poster <laughs> child for that. <laughs> and, and Sandy and I definitely know – where you're coming from about have to figure out how to make money because we do a lot with the whole new country media, but we don't make no money right now. Exactly. <laughs> uh, our ultimate plan is to make money around like clothing and stuff like that within, cause you know, that's huge within the country music scene of, you know, slogans type stuff. And so we so thought that may be one way and all that. Cause, cause one thing we do in the country buzz is artists get free profiles on their up and coming artists, up and coming country artists. That is, um, I don't mind that. I mean, it's easy to do and all that. And I think we have like over 200 now in the in the site um, of up and coming country artists. So again, we're like, you know, we've been like, okay, we've got to figure a way to turn this thing around. <laughs> you know, yeah, like we we it have this passion <laughs> here. Yeah, because because right now we do like side gigs where we do delivery services and stuff to stay afloat. Because I don't, we don't want to get a regular job because then it takes away from what we do. So exactly. we do side stuff so that we can be flexible. Because like last night, I had someone at 9.30 p.m., you know. <laughs> then other times I might have someone at 7 or 8 a.m., you know, whatever time works best for them, as, as long as it's not during our delivery times, you know, that we do. Right. I'll, I'll do the interview anytime, you know, pretty much outside of those four hours. But, you know, but we want to keep it flexible. So we have exactly. to do things on the side. Until we can figure out, okay, where is this going to go? Where is the money going to come from? And we know that we're, mm-hmm. we're starting to narrow it down. Like I even own the I own the domain risingcountrystars.com. Okay, that's a good one. <laughs> I could not I could not believe that was I actually locked it in like a year ago, but I couldn't believe that that was available. And I when I you know my whole slogan is news reviews and interviews of rising country stars. It's kind of where that that's nice domain too. came from. And I thought about, and again, this would be down the road. Um, this would be, it's, you know, it's one of them things that could work, may not work, um, <laughs> you know, ideas, because, you know, print is really tough unless it's mm-hmm. really niche. You know, mm-hmm. print can still work. And I thought I could make a Rising Country Stars magazine, because I thought if people would walk by a magazine rack and see Rising Country Stars, I just think if you're a country fan, you'd be curious. I think that name would make you curious on that one. And the goal of that would be to get interviews and stuff with n- not necessarily the lower scale 
up-and-coming artists, the ones that we do for New Country Buzz, but the, the next level, the ones that are like right there at the edge of breakthrough, like a Gabby Barrett, like a Cody Johnson. That, that kind oh, of well, it's pretty much everybody I just covered at CRS. Um, <laughs> they actually have this thing called New Faces of Country, and that's the people that are mm-hmm. just about to completely explode. Oh, wow. they're, they're the people that I want to put the people that I'm working with on the coattails of. I want them to figure out what tour they just did, what places they just played, mm-hmm. and follow in uh-huh. their footsteps and be the next new face of country after them. So maybe, Ian, you could partner on this Rising Country Stars idea. Yeah, sounds sounds intriguing, <laughs> to say the least. Because, <laughs> <laughs> again, I own the domain, so we we can figure out how to make it work together. You know, who knows? That's one thing I like about what we do. You just never know who you're going to collaborate like collaborate with that's you're going to actually mm-hmm. find a connection you're like oh this 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 can work like we partnered with uh, another podcast called the sports guys podcast and he interviews up and he used to be just up and coming country artists but now he's moved it to just all genres but see i'm staying in my lane <laughs> you know a lot of people are are expanding to all the different genres i'm staying country that's just what i want you know because i i kind of think that that actually makes us unique because everybody's trying to do all genres now. Right. Um, Personally with my taste, you know, I love all Mm -hmm. genres of music, but I love, love, love and have passion for country. So, you know, I find myself at CRS on Nashville at CMA Fest um, covering things. I don't cover things back home generally, unless it's something Mm -hmm. I really want to see. Yeah. I'll leave it up to my contributors. I had, at one point, we had all, um, 65 contributors. Now we're down to a good, happy, you know, pace of like 25, I think we might have at this point. So I have people all over the country, into Canada and Mexico, that will go around and cover these gigs. And I don't have to worry about, you know, whether or not we have enough metal or mm-hmm. Christian or anything on our yeah. site because they're all, somebody likes that, even though, you know, it's not <laughs> True. something I'm going to cover. Yeah, exactly. Um, so tell us a, a couple little bit more. about yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, tell um, us a little bit about the whole CRS because that's um, you just went there. Was that your first time? Uh, it was my second. I went last year for their fiftieth annual, and so uh, yeah, I I decided I was going to make it happen again this year, and um, yeah, so it's uh, it's the most mind blowing. Like you don't, you can't even put your head around it, wrap your head around it until after the fact and you're sitting and you're and you're reveling through the memories and um of what just happened because you're like pinch me that just happened um you meet <laughs> some amazing people you'll be walking through the hallways and uh russell dickerson is, is there or you'll be in the back in the media room and oh, yeah. um the kettle like three are standing there it's like okay well <laughs> let me get a selfie real quick <laughs> um there's no shame <laughs> people do it left and right all the time um, you end up meeting people that you've been friends with on Facebook and following each other, and then you finally get to put an actual face to to the um, to the name you've been communicating with, you know, for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, then, oh, wow. like with me, my friends' requests on Facebook have exploded because of it, and I'm not I'm not positive it's from CRS, but it's kind of coincidental. <laughs> so I'm finding people that want managers. I'm finding people that want booking agents and I'm mm-hmm. I think I'm about to explode um the splice oh, wow. is about to explode so it's it's a really 
surreal, and I feel very blessed to have been able to make it happen and get down there and do it. It's a lot of work because I'm media, and I went there to do a job. So I have a lot of mm-hmm. interviews to process, a lot of photos, <laughs> a lot of videos, and hopefully I can get it up soon. I'm not going to give a, a definite timeline, but <laughs> be on the lookout for that CRS 2020. You probably coverage. learned your lesson on that one. <laughs> um, yes, I I have uh, I learned when I went down for CMA Fest my first year, and I could not speak mm-hmm. the last two days to slow down on the interviews that I was conducting. So yeah. <laughs> so how did your Ashley McBride interview go? That one was a phone interview prior to, and it went. Um, I, I, being in this business, most people can keep their their stuff together and not get too mm-hmm. fan girl fanboy. But that's <laughs> that's um, that's a bucket lister for me. I've covered her before, and and we were asked mm-hmm. to cover her again and also do an interview. So I conducted that. And I I listened to it afterwards, and I thought, oh my goodness, you sound like a fool, like a fan girl. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe it's flattering to her. <laughs> so, but you, but you know what? I I believe as hosts of whether it's a podcast, radio, it doesn't matter. I think sometimes the fans want to see that. Oh, you do have your faves. You do. You're you're being. You're just being authentic. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was would be an awesome person to interview. But you're showing it too. And I think uh, yeah. I actually think that's a good thing because I think. I think in this day and time, with so much fakeness on social media, that when mm-hmm. people are listening to you and they're like, okay, now she's authentic, I think mm-hmm. that's where they're going sure. to take to. I thought for Instead sure of you just, just being to be a calm person. <laughs> and that's yeah. the way it should be. And, and you know, an interview that we're tr- we've been trying to get, and we're, we were, we were so cl- we've been trying to touch, get the dates correct, and it's not been happening. And apparently he's not going to be now free until April with John Snyder. <clears throat> and um, I'm, his um, PR person, we've been going back and forth, and he actually sent me Katrina Stone, and she was really cool to interview. Um, now, granted, she wasn't country, but she wanted to talk about the whole getting scammed, how the streaming services are scamming a lot of artists. Okay. I thought that – and she was in that whole scam ring where – and I didn't even realize this existed, but you apparently you have a whole ring that was downloading people's songs, putting it in fake accounts, and making six, seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000 a month by using other wow. people's songs. That's and crazy. I never heard to, that. Wow. She, she said 26 of her songs were on, on there. Who was this? <clears throat> um, Katrina Stone. Oh, she's okay. an LA. She's an LA-based um, pop artist. Oh my goodness! And wow. um, but yeah, and and I think the Saving Country Music. I think they first ran with that story. Talk about it was like 112 or 119 artists that got scammed in that same way. Oh my goodness! Was, That's I, terrible. Yeah, was, <laughs> and you know, I was like, I was because again, with with new technology comes new scammers. I'd have never exactly. thought of that because she said she said the problem is she goes I can take anybody's song I can upload it and it, in two hours anybody can hear, um, listen to it. She goes there's wow. a problem. That is a problem. <laughs> she goes she goes there's no and of course with AI and all that now I mean let's face it Spotify and 
SoundCloud and all those, they have the money to develop some type of AI system that can kind of scan through the songs and if it's that, and at least let the system know, hey, you know, this kind of sounds familiar. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hmm. Because, of course, they it's don't. funny. I think she even said we they got to... smart. They tried to change names. Okay. Wow. Of, like, songs. Huh. Yeah, it's crazy. I never thought. I'm, it's yeah, hard to get I, on a on a level of what they must be thinking because it's just not the way most of the world operates. And what's bad is, as a media person, you in this day and time, you almost have to think like a crook, and that's that's a shame because yep, you have to yep. think what 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 are some of the ways that people can scam people? So that because again, that's one that you know, my wife and I, we've been part of many different industries. We've probably been a part of fifty different types of industries in the seventeen years we've been married. And we've seen it all. We've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of each. And I tell you, I've never seen so, more, so, so much scamming-type stuff in music as any other industry. I think it's the worst. Right. Yeah. At least it seems like to me. I would go with politics. How do you politics, think but... <laughs> us as media people can, can help that, to solve that? I mean, I, I know that we can't do a whole lot, but you know, what can artists and things maybe look out for of you know of who they're signing with to make sure it's not a scamming label or a scam or a scammer or anything like that. I guess just um, keep your ears to the ground and have a tight circle. Don't burn bridges. Um, oh have God, somebody that has your back, bridge. and uh, that's the worst thing you can do. Keep keep your how they say keep your friends. Close and your enemies closer. <laughs> you cannot make enemies in this business, in the industry. No, um, and the, the more people you have, you know, that you get your name out to and make acquaintance with and and network with, you know, whether or not you realize that they have your back, they're watching you. They're, you know, they're gonna tell you hopefully that, you know, if, if they're not crooks, they're gonna tell you if you're being, you know, scammed. I would imagine, <laughs> like if they're if they're aware of it, obviously. Now, there's something that I guess this ain't a scam, but it's wrong that I've recently heard. And I've had like five different people tell me the same thing. I've had actually a couple people say it's happened to them. What do you think about this? And this has to do with the bigger labels. Um, one thing that and this kind of concerns me, let's say that you've got a label, and, and not all labels do this. I'm not saying they do, but they've got some that do. But let's say a label had this artist that they poured $10 million into to try to bring them to a big arena type thing. And there's this other artist who kind of fits the same bill as this person who probably could compete with them. The thing I've learned recently that that label, if they feel threatened, will go offer that person to sign on their label. And as soon as they sign, they bench them for three years. Oh, are you referring to Reba? I have no idea who. No, I've just had I've had friends of mine tell me this. That, uh, in fact, I think Morgan Miles told me that it happened to her that she was benched for. Might have been, or it might have been Katrina. One of the past artists we had actually said the exact same thing happened to them. I can't remember exactly who. I wish I wouldn't have said names now because <laughs> I don't know exactly. Who, but I've had several artists tell me that the exact same thing happens, and it happens a lot. Because, you, know, you know, as I an artist, something. you get excited, you're about to be signed. Yeah, well, I know Reba's been around forever, but 
I did hear something similar to that during CMA or CRS um, that it happened to Reba of all people. Like oh, wow. They, oh, I wow. guess she just switched labels. That was her. I don't know if mm-hmm. you caught wind of this yet, but she wow. was the last performer at the Ryman for the Universal Music Group Nashville. Um, I don't know what Team UMG they call it. It's a performance mm-hmm. of uh, like. I think it was 19 performers this year or something along those lines. And she was the last mm-hmm. one that came out and announced that she moved back to UMG. Big, huge thing. And, and Tim McGraw made a, a move over to, oh, I don't want to get this wrong, um, not Warner. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure, but he moved over too. So that was a big, huge thing. Um, but Reba mm-hmm. did. She got benched from what I have been told. Um, and maybe that might be part mm-hmm. of the reason why she's making her change again. Well, so, why would you bench Reba? I know it's Reba. Hi. <laughs> I mean, do you have a death wish? I know. <laughs> and do you not love money? I mean, because you know these labels a lot of times are greedy. And yep. anything Reba puts out is going to sell. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm not sure the whole how everything really went down. I'll have to do some research on it. Um, yeah, but it, it's sad That's to think that if it could happen to Reba, it could happen to anybody. It could happen to anybody. But but yeah, I've heard this on, on smaller artists though. What what labels are doing? Because you know you got this passion, you're excited, and this label comes to you, and of course you're not going to read all the fine print. And basically, the label has it in there that that they have once you're signed, they control what you do and can't do. So, but you don't. But you don't think, oh, they would bench me. I mean, right? Because <laughs> they want to make money. That um, it, that's why a lot of you're going to notice a lot of these smaller artists are staying unsigned for as long as they possibly can because they don't want to Which be manipulated smart. and controlled. And I'm not saying that you know every record label out there is crooked and has ulterior motives. Yeah. And, you know, wants to change every artist that comes through the door. But every, I don't know, every artist needs a little bit of change, or otherwise they would have been famous before they <laughs> are. Um. <laughs> And they wouldn't need the assistance of a record label if they could do it on their own, you know? So yeah. there's a lot and, to be, a lot of good and a lot of bad. Yeah, and you know, Joe Kelly, when we talked to him, that was something he said. He said that in this day and time, you should, if you sign with the label too early, you just got screwed. He says there's no yeah. reason that you can't go build your base. And he, he says, he says, I've got friends of mine. Actually, don't, they don't want a label is what he said. He said they're making $100,000, $200,000 profit. But he says the average person would never know their name. He says they've got their – they're doing the shows they want. They're doing it the way they want it. They're doing the songs they want, and they're making money. And he says that's, he says, that's really the dream. That most times if you get signed with a label too early, you become a nightmare <laughs> because they, like you said, a lot of them do have to change you way too – I mean – Again, like you know, maybe change a little bit. That's fine. I I can I can over that. But a lot of times they have to almost give up who they are. Correct. And I I, I don't know. I'm not naming any names, but yeah, they're going to be a lot different once they're on a label. They're going to lose some some of their um, I don't know personality. I would imagine because they have to yep. conform a little bit. And see, we're talking about all this because again. My whole concept of this podcast is state of the music business. It's about what's going on right now within the music arena, and this is important. I think people need to hear. Um, and one day we have enough 
people that have come on the show have considered doing like, and this was my wife's idea, so I, thought I always have to give her credit for this one. <laughs> but she said, well, why can't this be a conference one day? It's called State of the yes. Music. Business. Oh, I like that. You know, so that's, that's kind of, for for this particular segment, that's one day going to be it. We, we, you know, everybody we talked to, though, they would love that idea, and they would participate. And we're like, this is good. This because we're again, this is helping us make the connection more connections. Because again, everybody we bring on this show, they must believe in what we're doing. Absolutely. <clears throat> because again, that's you know, we're we're just trying to be an advocate for the, especially for the up and coming artists. Because no, I mean, I know there's advocates out there. But they do still get left behind. So how now? When did you start Splice? Um, I launched the magazine October. I think it was October fourth, two thousand seventeen. I had my first gig on the fifth or third or fourth, <laughs> something along those lines. Um, and then within uh, a month, I knew I needed, you know, to bring in the money. And then I've been <laughs> developing and networking. You know, meeting people, getting ideas, um, bouncing ideas for uh, what's it, two and a half years now of getting the rest, la- you know, launched. I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. I hate to keep using that <laughs> word, but um, <laughs> but it's true. Yeah, like uh, off the ground, I guess you could say. Um, and I another couple things I forgot to mention earlier. You know, mm-hmm. the whole splice thing, uh, the name. It it comes from, I guess, the inspiration of um, CMT Crossroads, where you have a country artist mm-hmm. and then you have another genre come in and play with them. My thing is, oh, okay. I want I want one genre and I want another genre. It doesn't have to be country and anything else. It could be anything and anything. So one of the questions <laughs> yeah. I ask every single interview that I have mm-hmm. is, if you could collaborate with another artist living, because we're going to try mm-hmm. and make this happen, who would it be mm-hmm. and why? Um, you'll get some crazy answers. Um, You know, mostly I interview country for the most part and and they'll be like Snoop Dogg or um, (laughs) uh, you'll have to listen to some of the interviews I conducted this past week. It was pretty funny. I was with Shannon Doe. I can't remember who they said. Um, Yeah, you get some crazy answers. So one of the things I would like to eventually do other than Mm -hmm. everything I'm already doing is so I have the umbrella Splice Media Group. I have Splice Magazine. Booking, mm-hmm. publicity, artist management. I also, it's a, you know, it's not a pipe dream. I'll make it happen. I want to do, I want to have a record label. And You are my idol every- because everything you said <laughs> is the direction we're going. I mean, with all, because right. again, we, we're, we're new country media. So we're, it's like, yeah. as you're going down the line, I'm like, yep, check, 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 check. check. <laughs> I'm like, you are my idol now, right now, here. <laughs> and then I also want to do a, a festival. I want to have a Spice Festival where, you know, the artists jam on stage together, um, you know, different genres, we sing could, each other's songs. Yeah, we, we, and, we ha- um, I have it written down, New Country Fest. Is that not – I mean, yeah. see, we, we got so we, – we think so much alike. <laughs> and I also want to have a, a venue where people can you know, hopefully oh, be wow. in Nashville because my dream is to move down to Nashville. And it will be any genre and any genre. It won't be like CMT Crossroads necessarily. Yeah. It will be – you know, rap with gospel or whatever. <laughs> so that, that I love that last one. That uh, because I like them all because, of course, we're going that route too. But the last one, I really, because I think that venues is where p- 
people need to be. I, I think that if we can create, if, yeah. if there could be enough venues out there for some of these artists, you might actually get some traction. Yes, uh, I think I, I got the. I guess I got it cornered where there's nobody out there like Splice. All the other, you know, and I won't call them competing magazines and such. Nobody, mm-hmm. they'll they have niches, you know, you know, and some people believe firmly in doing that, but I also believe. The guy that I was working for that I didn't appreciate the way he conducted business, mm-hmm. he also stopped, you know, me from covering things because it's not what he liked. It's not what he wanted on his oh, wow. site. So, <laughs> you know, I'd say, well, let's cover, I don't know, uh, Kid Rock. No, I don't want that junk on my site. And I'm like, all right, I guess we have different visions. It's your business. Do what you want to do. But who would <laughs> want Kid Rock just for having Kid Rock? <laughs> That, that's pretty cool, you know. Um, I still loved your story, though, about how you just didn't like the ethic. Because I think that a lot of businesses that are created in this day and time, whether it's music or other, were created for that same reason. Where you know what? I've been mm-hmm. at this job for a while, mm-hmm. and I've learned some ethics of the business owner. I don't like it, so I'm gonna go compete with them. And yeah, a lot of businesses have have become that. Because and that's the why there's of, uh, those, what are they called, uh, non-compete. Some people have to sign those with their jobs because they know that, you know, they're going to go out there and potentially do better afterwards. And they don't want to. And you know, most judges, most judges hate non-compete. You, mm-hmm. you could probably, if a non-compete's more than two years, you can get that one broken because judges will not honor more than two years. And... If that non-compete is on a national scale, they oh, will, boy. most judges will not honor that. If it is, right. Because usually a judge looks at it like this. Oh, you're in Savannah, but you're going to move to Nashville. Oh, yeah, that's – yeah. You, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to launch there. It's that, kind of know, like the music I, festivals that put a kibosh to anybody performing within a certain radius of their festival, that kind of thing. It's – a lot of I couldn't believe that. Industry. I just learned that. Yeah. I just learned that um, from, I think it was uh, Will Carter. We had Will Carter on. And he's, he's out of, I think, I guess around Houston. Or he's in Texas. And he says, yeah, around mm-hmm. Texas. He says, when we do festivals, we can only do about five a year because of the right. radius thing. Yep. I'm, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, huh? What? <laughs> I just, I, I'm telling you, I've been around the music industry for six years. We, my wife and I started writing, then we launched New Country Buds originally um, in 2014 and shut it down in 2015 for personal reasons. But before we shut it down, we did interview Kelsey Ballerini, which is still one of my, still love that one because I can say that because of where she is now. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but, you know, but so I've been around it for a while. And I've got a lot of friends in the industry, but I've but I tell you the since we relaunched because we relaunched New Country Buzz at the end of 2018. Since then, I have learned a heck of a lot of what really happens within music mm-hmm. that I had no idea. Right. <laughs> and because I remember when we interviewed in 2014, Allison Steele from Two Still Girls. I know now why she because one of the things I ask artists is what advice would you give the next generation? And at that time, Allison Steele was full-time with music, and she said, coming from 
someone's full-time, this is going to sound kind of um, ironic or funny. She goes, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and just keep music as a hobby. And because she talked about the wow. sacrifices you have. Yeah, because she said, she said the sacrifices you have to make on your body, the sacrifices you have to make for fans. She goes, you, have, she goes, you could be in a bad mood, but you can't be on that stage in a bad mood. She goes, when, you, uh-huh. when you're, when you're full-time, it changes how you have to be. And um, you can't have a bad day and because you have to be this. And, so she, and, and then, of course, she, did, she goes, but if your heart won't allow you to do anything else, then, then go be all in or don't do it because you won't make it if you're not. And I lo- right. I've always loved that answer, but I'm learning more and more as we're looking at all everything that's happening in music. I see why her answer is so right on the money because there's so much junk that people have to go through if they ever want to be a Tim McGraw or a Blake Shelton. And we, we both know that very few will ever get there anyway, but you can still get up, up a little bit and make some money. Even mm-hmm. that, that you have to be overly top. 120%. And, <clears throat> and even with what we're doing, and of course I know you agree with this, but even with what we're doing, new country media and you would splice you know, some days I'm like, what What am I even doing? Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I saw your post yesterday, and I, I was, I'm going to go look up the Romans verse and, and let that sink in, because you know you see things when you're supposed to see them, and you get, yeah. you know, acquainted with people when you're supposed to. People cross your path when they're supposed to, and vice versa. Um, there's, you know, we don't, I have a tattoo on my arm I got when I was about to move down to Nashville last year. And um, it's a Chris Stapleton song. It's Broken Halos. And he only says these words one time the whole song. So it's not like, I, mm. I'm not real familiar with like how music works, but it's not a chorus. Yeah. It's, and, and most people are going to go with a chorus. It's don't go looking for the reasons. Don't go asking Jesus why. We're not meant to know the answers. They belong to the by and by. Mm. Love that. And we just have and to I have it right smack dab on my arm. <laughs> Today been a better day. Yesterday was just one of those days where, and it's fus- and it's even more frustrating that Facebook for now took my page away, and I and <laughs> I'm and, and I feel like I'm naked right now because I'm like I don't right? have my page. <laughs> I, I think it's funny. My wife is probably gonna be is probably like you have just completely changed my because I've added all my, a lot of my <laughs> fr- uh, Nashville friends have been adding them on her page and what she likes that part of it because. She wants to be right. connected. Again, we're in this together. She wants to be connected to all this too, you know. So, so it, this little break that I'm getting is actually helping her page kind of be focused more on Nashville, I guess, a little bit. But yeah, yesterday was rough, and it's like um, it, sometimes you feel like, is it worth it? And I know it's worth it. I know it'll be worth it in the long run. But you know, and, and I keep thinking of. Allison's quote, and it even works for us because I'm like, you know what? There's so many more things I could do to go make money. Right. But my heart um, won't allow it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and just think of it this <laughs> way. We're struggling musicians, you know, struggling. You always hear about struggling artists, struggling students, struggling musicians. Just because we're not an actual musician, or at least I'm not, I have nothing <laughs> musical in me, but I am passionate about music. <laughs> And the industry more than anything, just this the people in the 
the camaraderie. Mm-hmm. They, um, it was Florida Georgia oh, yeah. Line at CRS last week, and they said mm-hmm. there is. I think it was them. They said there's nothing better than the country music community. Like it's it gives me goosebumps repeating it because there's something special that other genres just don't. I wish I knew if it was Florida Georgia Line or somebody else, but there's there's just nothing else that compares to the camaraderie you have in the industry. Yep. And especially Nashville. Like I, like I, I put out a Facebook post, um, I guess about a month ago, asking for if any, uh, and I was really asked, asking my Savannah friend because where I'm at, so I could pick it up locally. And I asked, so uh, I asked out there, is anybody got an extra mic that would be good for podcasts that they're not using? And not one Savannah person responded, but somebody, pri- one of my Nashville friends, private messaged me and says, I've got one. What's your address? And I'll mail it to you. Correct. Yeah. You know, it's, it's almost like a Southern hospitality, even though, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's, it's Nashville and it's a city and everybody that lives there doesn't want to live in the city. They want to live in the suburbs, but mm-hmm. it's like, it's like a New York, but a country version. It's, there's a lot of ways you can you know, describe Nashville as somebody that's never been there or experienced it. Um, mm-hmm. Me and my best friend will be going in June together. It'll be her first time. And she actually said oh, to wow. somebody last night when we were out, she says, I'm scared. I'm like, what are you scared of? <laughs> I, like, there's nothing to be scared of. Um, obviously, it's a big city. There's things that are going to happen, but, you know, mm-hmm. I, I love Nashville. There's no other place. Like, I want to retire to where I was born, which is in the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia, and I want to have chickens. But mm-hmm. I want to live my life before that in Nashville. In Nashville. Yeah. Do you have any plans of when you're going to make that transition? Oh, like I mentioned earlier, I almost moved down there last April, but that would have been, would have meant as I was going through a divorce, it would have meant Mm -hmm. the custody split of, you know, Mm -hmm. whether they're with me in Nashville through the school year, with their dad through the summer, uh, or vice versa, or back and forth every different year. And Mm -hmm. now they are 12 and a half and 10. So it's not like they're little babies anymore. It's, that's a, Mm -hmm. that's a bonus. And, you know, it's really on my heart to get down there like yesterday, you know, but <laughs> it will be a, a big transition and a whole family thing I have to yeah. sort through. But it definitely. think of making a family would decision. Like, right. I would like it to happen. Ideally, I would love to live there by CMA Fest in June, early June. Um, <laughs> don't know cool. if that's going to happen. Some stars <laughs> will have to align. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's like with us. We're, you know, it's funny. When I tell people that we're planning on eventually moving to Nashville, they're like, so when's the last time you've been? Oh, we haven't. Cause we haven't visited yet. But we you know haven't been to, to be Nashville there. either? We're going to be going in spring this year. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, my. We, we You're in never, for it? I mean, we are like heavy into country music, and we've never been there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, makes me wish I would have taken more pictures for you and like showing you around through, you know, video or whatever. That's yeah, because I mean, place. we, and see, one thing that helps sell us on, because we're looking at Nashville, not just from our whole new country media idea, um, we're looking at from the whole family of it. Cause we were actually think wanting to move down to Florida and move to Jacksonville, Florida. We really love Jacksonville. We go there a lot. It's only two hours away, so we go two or three times a month for like day trips and that for years I've wanted to go to that to go down to Jacksonville and 
it seems like I never really created real friendships there um, over right, the years. Right. And so we never really made that transition. And here it is. Sandy and I were talking one day. I said, you know, it's kind of funny. I wonder if God's had something planned here because mm-hmm. I'm like, we're trying to move here, but yet mm-hmm. 90% of our contacts are here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and And I'm like, Okay, this this might have to we might have to rethink this move, and then we started really looking at Nashville and started realizing, you know what? I've had se- several artists that's private messaged me, up and coming artists, of course, that says, you know what? If y'all were here, I would put y'all little kids in our video. Like, well, dang it, we need to be there. Because <laughs> right. you know, right. now we're thinking, okay, we got a little tomorrow. Caitlin will be one years old, and little Chris is eight years old. So between both of them, we're like, hmm, Nashville, you know, I'm not saying anything could ever come of in the creative style, but you never know. Nashville would definitely be the place to see if one of them could do something. For sure. Are they musically inclined or acting or what? Well, look, Chris is crazy. Well, you said the one's one. (laughs) You know, and, you know, like with Caitlin, she's only, she'll be one, we're, by the time she's th- when she's three, we're planning on getting her in dance and all that, so we can kind of see gotcha. where there's something there. And but if we're we know that if we're in Nashville, all that will help for sure. Nashville is definitely you know, and and we've even got contacts. I've got a friend of mine, Pearl. She's a big into the pageant. She's whatever her city she's from. She's missed her city, or she just gave up the crown because she her year was up. Um, and Sandy wants to put Caitlin in some of the pageants, so we've we've got an avenue right there. Pearl's already told us, "Hey, you up here? We'll, I'll help connect you with some of that." So, so almost anything we want, want we've got connections there. Yeah, <laughs> we just got to like now figure out. <laughs> we just got now how to figure out how to make money to be there because it's really expensive <laughs> in <Yeah>. Nashville. <laughs> you know, because we already figured if you're going to rent. Two years we'll have to. We already know that you're not finding anything under eighteen hundred a month. It's just not going to happen. If you want to be it within thirty minutes, I mean, if I want to be an hour from Nashville, I could probably find something fifteen hundred a month. Right. But I don't, you know, because Clarksville's got some great rental property. But I don't, you know, with Nashville's traffic, that's a little too far <laughs> to be. Right. It's going to take like three hours to get anywhere. <laughs> so. You know, and in that three hours, you're you know through the whole month, you're actually probably adding an extra two, three, four hundred a month anyway onto your bill. Mm-hmm. So yes. you can apply that to rent and live and live within thirty minutes. Cause that's kind of our little plan is to you know probably be thirty minutes. We don't really want to live in Nashville, but you know somewhere on the outskirts, maybe Hendersonville right. or you know other places like that. You know somewhere we'll, we'll figure that out. I'm sure God will open that door, hopefully. <laughs> but we got like 15 minutes left of this. So where do you want this call to go? Um, you know, because, again, we want to talk about where music's been, where it's going. Where do you think it's going? That's a good one. Um, where do you think hmm. – if you look at the past where we've been the last five, ten years, especially with women – oh, here's a good one – women in country. Where do you think mm-hmm. that's going? Because we really need a change there. Well, see, I haven't been in the industry terribly long. It's only been literally, you know, less than three years that I've been submerged. Um, And I've learned so much and just sat back and looked at, you know, the dynamics of a lot of things. And I saw 
this whole girl thing, you know, women country thing happening, you know, unfolding right in front of my eyes. And I'm sitting here like, I had no idea this was even a thing. This was an issue. And, you know, I I think back on, you know, watching these artists grow. Um, Let's see. One of my first, I call them gigs, was, um, let's see, let me get a good example. I covered um, a, a country Christmas concert in St. Andrews Hall in Detroit, December 17th, so within a couple months of starting. And it was mm-hmm. Russell Dickerson, Lindsay L., oh, wow. Olivia, <laughs> Olivia Lane, is it? Parmalee, and uh, Lanco, I think it was, five or so. Mm-hmm. And now they're all, you know, that was back up over two years ago, two and a half, uh, something like that. Um, and they have all exploded for the most part, all of them. <laughs> so watching them grow into who they are today, um, mm-hmm. it, it, I don't know, it's kind of marvelous when you sit back and, and you think, well, if they could do it, I could do it. Mm-hmm. I just got to figure out, you know, how to make it happen and talk to the right yeah. people and, mm-hmm. and I guess um, – Listen more than you talk is some good advice I've heard lately several mm-hmm. times. It's like implanting in my head is just, you know, bounce off other people, um, sit sit back in the corner and kind of watch from afar and see what's going on. And maybe you might not make the same mistakes that they had to, you know, go through to get to where they are. And that's another question I ask a good portion of my interviews is, what's some advice you have? for somebody that wants to be who you are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only makes the artist feel good that there's people that are looking up to them, but it gives them a chance to, um, you'll get some crazy answers, um, you yeah. know, from things you should do, things you should say, people you should meet, uh, things you shouldn't do, things you shouldn't say, people you should stay away from, et cetera. They won't say it on record, but um, nobody's going to name drop like that, but, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess it's just a lot of, uh, a lot of, I, I keep using this word, not working, just meet people. And that was what was so amazing about CRS is just meeting people mm-hmm. from all over. Um, I, one of the other media people came all the way from England, you know, across mm-hmm. the pond just to be at this. Cause that's how amazing this is. Cause we're planning on next year for sure. Yes. You better. <laughs> and, we, and, I, and I tell you, it's crazy because I'm sitting here. I've got, you know, probably on my personal Facebook page, if I ever get it back, I've probably got a, between one and 2,000 just Nashville friends. And mm-hmm. and I get so jealous. I'm like, my covering that, and mm-hmm. they're covering that, and they're covering. I'm like, we could be doing this. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, <laughs> of course, in and, Savannah, yeah. we just we don't have much. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Everything is virtual for you, not physical. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, we could be there, and we could, because I like um, um, N- Nicole um, from um, now the thing Zeller, I think it is. She was telling me that um, when we're there, she goes, we've got plenty of events once you're here that I can get you in. Uh huh. Good. <laughs> for sure. Uh, <laughs> Nobody's going to turn you away for media coverage. Because, <laughs> <laughs> of course, I've, you know, the good thing is I've built up a name now. 
where a lot of right. people it's funny we're probably more known in Nashville than a lot of people who are in Nashville, <laughs> and we've never been there yet <laughs> right and it and it's not that we tried to do that it, it's just the way it happened, and because we post the news and all that of up and coming artists on our page and have done that for years, so the good thing is once we're in Nashville. We've already got the credibility to where people Mm -hmm. trust us, where if we were just launching in Nashville, then, you know, it's harder to get that needle when you're just starting out. So us moving there after we've already built the foundation, I think is – because I remember Brandon Maddox, when we interviewed him, asking what advice would he give the next generation person or someone, you know, who thinks that they want to do this. And he said, you know, he said, if you're ever planning on moving to Nashville – he says, don't move to Nashville until you build your local and regional base. He says, when you, he, he says, he says, I don't care who you are, how good you think you are, there are people here in Nashville better than you. He says, when you get here, you will be intimidated because every corner has yeah. someone almost better than you. And he says that if you build your local and regional base before you move here, you have them to back you while you're trying to make your mark in Nashville. And I've that sounds so familiar. I like. I feel like somebody said something very similar to that during an interview this past week. I'll have to listen to all my interviews again <laughs> just to find it. And he told us that back in 2014, I think it was. And I've always, and on every interview, I he, I quote him. I quote Allison's quote. Um, like I always ask people where they want to be in five years, and I always say if, if you had a, and what the way I ask this, I always say if, if you had a magic wand. And it will come true because I want them to. Because again, they don't want to dream. Then if it's if you know, <laughs> I want to get the real dream out. Uh, if you had a magic wand, and it's and it's going to come true of what you're about to say. And then I always tell them, I ask this in this way because February 11th, five years ago, but this this February 11th was five year anniversary of us asking that same question, Kelsey Ballerini, and she's living what she told us. Back then, right? So I, so I, so I make them think. <laughs> so I make them think. Okay, Kelsey told them five years ago. I better say what I really want to miss. Because you know, dream some big. people say, "Well, you know, I just sing and all that." No, I, I want the dream. I want the vision. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and by me using Kelsey's, because they, since we just crossed the, because again, I, I think it's cool that. We just crossed the five-year mark, and I always ask in five years. You know, so I always use her as an example because I think everything that she told us back then, she she's living with the exception of headlining an arena. That was one of her sure things. Sure, she hasn't that, headlined an arena. She, I, I'm, well, she may have. So she may have done. She may have done a hundred percent of what she said to us, which would be really um, exciting if if we find that out. I don't know if Express Live in Ohio is an arena or if it's just a really big venue, but you know, she's headlining for sure some pretty big stuff. Yeah. And I but see if she's headlining if she arenas, hasn't, she's living at 100. If she hasn't yet, she will in the next year for sure. <clears throat> so I just I always thought that was cool. So we've got eight minutes left. What do you want to talk about? Hmm. What agenda do anything I have today? Anything interesting that – that you've got that going on? Um, it's really crazy with festival season. That, there's that. Um, it's a beast. 
um, <laughs> we get press releases on the daily, mm-hmm. like, oh, my goodness, probably it's at least 1,000 a day, I would imagine. So oh, I have wow. my email all set up and sorted so it all goes into the right, you know, folders and stuff. And it's just <laughs> crazy how much effort goes into every little aspect of the music business and how much, how many people mm-hmm. have to be in, in a person's life to make them who they are. And it really literally takes an, a village to raise up <laughs> these artists. And that's why I said earlier, don't burn bridges because you never know who you need in your corner. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, again, you know, we do everything. Our, I'm again, You can't please everybody. Of course we know that we all know that. Um, but like you said, don't intentionally, burn a bridge right. um, sure. and, and if you did accidentally burn a bridge then at least try to make it right like like I almost exactly. burned a bridge by accident and I didn't know that again I was new to all this I didn't know that if I'm personally connect if I'm Facebook friends with with and I'm talking on a friend level with with an artist that I still need to go buy the PR company I oh, didn't absolutely. know that I, but I, see, yeah. I didn't know that I had the I I had, PR you live to learn Woo. <laughs> um, and it's, she's one of the big PR people in, in I'm not going to say who but she's one of the big ones in Nashville and, and she said mm-hmm. I could make your name bad here if you, you know I, I told her I, I canceled that interview I, you know I, I did what I felt was right at that time I, I did cancel it but you know even though she's, I don't know if she likes me and all that now but she still I still get, get her press releases and I still post them so, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully I'll earn that respect back. But, I, again, I didn't know. And, right. you know, that part, you know, that was something new to me. And Because, again, with with the interview, I mean, we interviewed a bunch of people back in 2014, 15, but they weren't really represented back then. And I think the PR industry right. was different then. Plus, one thing I've learned, the Nashville PR people are different than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Because cause if you go through somebody – at a distance, and they're and they have a different PR firm. Sometimes they're okay with it. Nashville people right. are not. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was something I had to learn. That, that was a big, big, big boo boo. But I yeah. think my biggest well, mistake I've made was shutting New Country Buzz down in 2015. Because at that time we had 4,000 fans, we had 20 plus thousand visitors to a site every month, and that was in 2014. So, you know, yeah. that's probably my, my biggest regret. And, and I guess I can't say regret because since then, Caitlin's come along. And so who knows? She may not be here if I didn't shut it down. The timing would change. Right. So maybe it was the right thing to do because there's things that happened since then that, okay, was a big plus, and she was one of them. <laughs> so now that she's here, okay, we're, we can go full force. <laughs> but mistakes happen. Right. It's a huge learning curve, especially if you didn't, I'm not saying education in college is exactly where everything's at because there's a lot to be said for the life, you know, the Mm -hmm. life experiences and all that. But just like anything else, you have to live and learn and and hopefully not repeat mistakes again and and just be a kind and decent human being and it'll get you places. (laughs) Now, now when I do contact an artist, I know I, I, I always say, can you run this by your PR person, or do I need to call right. I always say it that way because, because see, the, apparently the person was also – the artist was also new, so she didn't know that she wasn't supposed to book a, a, a thing without the PR person involved. She gotcha. So neither one of us knew because <laughs> you know, I would think if I asked somebody, they, they would 
100% say, you know what? Reach out to my PR person. They'll be glad to help you. That's what I would think that they, you know, so I still kind of, but you know what? Since I've been reaching out to PR things, I'm like, oh, I kind of (laughs) like, because once I do one of their artists, guess what they do? They send me more artists. I don't have to go look. Right. I'm sitting there like, okay, this actually, so where I thought it was a negative, where I got slammed for that, actually a positive because I'm like, okay, well, this this kind of works. <laughs> you know, something I've discovered recently is, um, you know, I don't know if anybody else is noticing the trend, but publicity firms since I started have seemed to dissipate because the record labels are taking over artist publicity. You do notice that? Oh, wow. Like record labels have in-house publicists and no need for the artist to go and pay an artist manager, a booking agent, um, oh, wow. a, a publicist, uh, any photographer. They don't need to pay photographers. There's plenty and of us just so around you know, there. We've got three minutes it. on the clock because mm-hmm. I, I got a timer on this, and it, it, this will shut us off. I got three minutes. So. All right. Well, I'll, I'll <laughs> say my goodbyes and all the. Because <laughs> I'm sitting there like, oh God, you just hit something that I really want to talk about, and I can't. I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> we'll have to, to be we'll continued. Have to bring you back. <laughs> What's that? We'll have to bring you back in a few weeks. Absolutely. On this, for know, sure. We'll go through a few more people, and then I'll bring you back, and we'll we'll we're talk. So, so, I definitely want to talk about what some of the labels are doing that's undercutting everybody in the industry, not just other artists. I, I wish I'd have added at least 10 minutes on this little thing. I learned my lesson again. There's another lesson. Because <laughs> right. I usually set them for 90 minutes as a safety net because I know I, I never go right. 90 minutes. You know? <laughs> but 60 minutes, sometimes I, I go 70 minutes sometimes. Well, when I set it 60, I can't go 70. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> another lesson learned. <laughs> right. <laughs> All those lessons. But it, it, yep. Oh God, have we got long? I'm sure we could probably do a whole show on nothing but lessons. <laughs> right. <laughs> but if you want to oh. tell people how they can reach out to you and and all that, just self self promotion time for you. Okay, so splice-mediagroup.com is uh, our website, and then from there you can get to all of our socials, which is Splice Media GRP as the handles. I think on Twitter, Instagram, and maybe even Facebook. Um, you can use my site or Facebook to reach out to me. If you have any questions, you can, you know, email or call. Um, Yeah. So uh, I guess another plug is I'm looking for clients. I'm looking for people that want artist management, publicity, and booking. Mm -hmm. I really love having you on that. That's just been really fun. That's what I love about the the, the industry. Because, you know, I'm not one of them people that, ask a question, and then let you answer. I'm one that want a dialogue. Yeah. Even with artists, we dialogue. I, I don't get, I, I'm sure some people might get mad at me. Well, let them answer. I'm letting them answer, but I'm throwing my two cents in too. Right. <laughs> That's how you learn. That's how you grow. Yeah, because it's all about dialogue to me. You know, I mm-hmm. want, I I want a conversation. You know, I don't want an interview. I want a conversation, and that's really what – if if we if people when they're in the show it's like you know what I feel like you're a friend with the conversation I've done my job because I, I feel like that's I got how a I feel <laughs> me too so you know that's and we got 15 seconds here I, I'm curious because again I, I've never let it run out 
I wonder what it's going to do. Because <laughs> I don't know. Well, I guess I, I'll leave it with, I am excited to meet you in Nashville. It's still going. Oh, nope. Just, <laughs> that, that's awesome. And I think it just cut off. Oh, my God. Perfect timing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it was definitely great talking to you. And, and we'll have you back on in a few weeks. I, I really love this. I kind of think we can collaborate on some things down the road, too. Sounds like we're both I trying to go the same can... route. Yeah, for sure. And that's my word for the years, collaborate. It's kind of my <laughs> thing, like the whole splice thing, for sure. I totally get you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk with you real soon, and I definitely enjoyed. All right. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye.